back, everybody. Welcome to the 27th ever episode of the West Coast Preps Podcast. I am Chris Jackson, joined here by Gregory Moreland soon. We've got a special guest, an extraordinary person in the sports and academics world, Cassie Taylor. Cassie, how are you doing today? I'm doing good, guys. Thanks for having me on. Our pleasure, our pleasure to have you on. So I guess just first off, introduce yourself a little bit and tell the audience what you're doing now. Uh, so I'm Cassie Taylor, and I'm currently, by day, I'm a high school English teacher at Jesse Bethel High I'm in Vallejo, California. And by night, I am an academic advisor for um, a few different sports programs in the Bay um, and just kind of helping kids get out and make sure that they get make the most of all of their opportunities. I just do the academic side of it. So. And then what led you into wanting to help kids and becoming an academic advisor for, for these kids? Um, so I've always known I wanted to be an educator of some sort since like second grade. Um, and then I was a, in a program growing up called Upward Bound, a college prep program for low-income first-gen students. And I kind of fell in love with making sure the kids that are the most for that have the most opportunities sorry i wanted to make sure that the kids that don't have the opportunities currently because of their socioeconomic status um, get those opportunities and so i worked with upward bound after i graduated high school for a couple years fell in love with high school students um, that's where i kind of found my my niche and then um, i worked at cyc in in concord and that's really where my love for student athletes developed. Um, Boss Tagaloa, Devin Aziazi, um, Damon Wiley, they were some of my very first students, Antoine Custer. Um, I was a tutor there first, and then I became the assistant program director for their academic department. Um, and I just fell in love. And when I left, I Kate, uh, Nate with KT Prep was going there to practice, and I'd gotten involved with his team. And when I left to go teach at Pittsburgh High, I asked him if I could stay on with him and he said yes and it's just kind of blown up from there so yeah and it's a dream come true it's amazing and then I guess going back to when you were growing up when you always knew you wanted to get into this venture some way shape or form who were some early role models of yours that kind of helped lead you in this direction um first and foremost my papa um he's the reason I love football so much so he was a born and raised in Casper, Wyoming, um, and then played for Notre Dame for 1949 and 1950, walked on and actually got to play. And um, he's been a Denver Broncos ticket holder since they first started. Um, and just like my best memories are growing up with him watching football and watching him yell at the TV, how horrible we were playing or whatever the case may be. But it just developed a, a love for sports, especially football. So not you. Um, and then Mrs. King, my second grade in, uh, teacher, she was definitely, I just wanted to be like her, but I can't do elementary kids. So. <laughs> so what was it about in second grade that really just wanted made you teach kids? She was just very open and willing to teach you and be, get down on your level and not make you feel less than. And there was just something about that feeling of feeling empowered to want to learn because she didn't make you feel like you couldn't learn that made me just adore her and she was just so personable and my parents were going through a, the start of their divorce um 
that didn't happen for another like 10 years. Um, but I remember just going to her and being able to open up to her and talk to her. And I remember thinking, this is the type of person I want to be when I grow up. So, and I still keep in contact with her. So it's, it's awesome. Wow. That's awesome. So how much, how much are you two still talking to each other today? Um, so maybe just once a year, she'll check up on Facebook. Um, she'll like, you know, my posts or whatever, but I definitely thanked her for, you know, being that teacher that allowed me to feel like education was super important, but more importantly, it was the relationships that, that come from being an educator. Like if you can't have a relationship with your students, they don't learn. So, yeah. I mean, I guess that you kind of mentioned one of the, I guess, many positives of being a teacher and working in academics in that field, but what are some of your favorite parts of being a teacher and an advisor? The aha moment, the moment when it just like clicks and it, for athletes, it's that aha moment of, oh man, this really does matter. I really do need to start putting work in. And not every kid needs that moment. I have a lot of kids that are just, they just grind hard regardless and are carrying 4.25 GPAs and taking three AP classes and still working out every day. And some, I had a kid that would drive from Antioch to Oakland every day, carry three AP classes, still come home, still find time for tutoring and still had a social life. Like this kid blew my mind and he still does. So, but I think it's just having that, that kid be successful and whether it's a kid watching them graduate or get an offer or go to a four-year college or even to a two-year or a trade school and finishing and, you know, coming back into their community and making it a better place for them. So. And then this is a three-part question. You're involved with a lot of different, um, different teams out here in the Bay Area. What got you involved with Dakville Christian and then Kenyon Training and then also with BT Thompson? Okay, so um, with KT, he's the beginning of it all. Like I owe so much to Nate and to his um, willingness to give me a chance um, and really let me mess up probably way more and try to really learn how to do all of it and figure it all out. He was so patient with me and he's been so amazing. Um, but he's, I started with him at CYC um, and just asked if I could stay on. and. That led me to MLU Wi-Fi. Um, Maury Sui Sui, the founder of MLU Wi-Fi, reached out to me um, and asked if I would come on board and help their student athletes. Um, and one of the student athletes was Austin Dido, who plays for VCS. And his mom was like, you need to come to VCS. And so she hounded Manny. And we finally found time after a crazy summer um, to sit down and then that led to, well, we actually want you here for the entire athletic department, which has been like, it, it, it is a dream come true. Like if I could do this full time, I would do this full time all day, every day. I love working with these kids and helping them make their dreams come true. And Cheryl introduced me to BT too. So um, she made that connection and BT and I talked and it's been an amazing partnership. Um, I love being able to send my students to him because I don't know anything about the recruiting world. 
I just know how to do the academic part. So when people are like, well, how do you get recruited? I'm like, yep, no, I just know how to get your grades right. So, um, but yeah, it's been, it's a dream come true. And all of these places have been renowned, especially recently in what they do, whether it's Vacaville Christian, Canyon Training, BT Thompson, what makes just each of these places special and what makes working with them so special? The coaches. I mean, the players, obviously, the kids are amazing and they, I love, I don't, I don't ever have to work ever. Like, I feel like I get to hang out all day and talk about sports and, you know, help them with their homework and get to know them and develop lifelong relationships with these, these kids. And that has been, but the coaches, like, when a coach will take time at nine o'clock at night and call me and another coach and have a three-way about a player just to make sure that that player is successful. Like that blows my mind because I've watched so many teams and so many coaches only care about the people that they think will make it somewhere and um, not care about every single player that they have. And the coaches that I work with, with KT, with MLU Wi-Fi, with, um bt and with vcs like i've never felt like the coaches don't care about every single kid i think one kid that i know you've really seen share about a lot that i think is definitely really special to y'all is jerome leaks just go more into that relationship and what he's meant to your family because it seems like every single day there's something about that kid that's just going out there and on social media and all of that oh like i get teary-eyed thinking about it so this, that kid. Um, I actually met him when he just needed a little bit like of an extra push. So we need to get him into some summer school or online classes. I had just literally stepped up on board and I'd never even met the kid, but I'm FaceTiming him. I'm like, talk to me. He doesn't know who I am. He has no idea. And so we end up just over FaceTiming and texting and him working on a cellist and me helping him with a cellist to try to make up some classes um, and get better grades in them. We just ended up developing a really good relationship and he had just exemplifies what it means to be above the line. And he does it an incredible job with developing a relationship with my daughters. So they get to come to, they go to VCS as well. They get to come to tutoring with me every day. Um, and Jocelyn is my youngest and she's four and she is that's her big brother. And she had, and it's, she doesn't really like anybody else. Austin. Yes. Coach Pat. Yes. Sometimes Manny she'll, she'll hang on to for a minute, but everybody else, she's just like, eh, I don't really like you. Um, but for whatever reason, Jerron's her dude. And I feel like toddlers who are extremely innocent and pure, like, kind of gravitate towards people who have really good hearts and like it just he does everything that he does he does with integrity he does with knowing that people are looking up to him and I tell that's one of the reasons I bring my girls I tell those boys like be the reason that my daughters like no good men be upstanding community people and show my daughters how they should be and it limits the amount of language that they use. They just seem to be even better young men when my daughters are around. And that means so much. And Jerron just 
as always is the leader and blows it away so and then going off that obviously Jaron is one of the favorite successes I'm sure but what are some of your other favorite success stories of the kids that you have been able to you know help out during this process um boss is one of my he will forever be and hold that entire family will hold a very special place in my heart um for forever um but I would take him home after tutoring we'd get to talk um because it was on my way to Pittsburgh um from Concord and we just have and then I've gotten to work with Bo and Brody now um and just being able to be and see boss go to UCLA graduate I remember him coming in telling me I was the first person he told about his offer from Michigan um and just seeing him be successful in everything that he has done has been amazing um my favorite success story though is um Moon um Ashby who goes to Washington State now I believe is that right yeah okay so this kid when I first got him was nowhere near being eligible. And not a lot of people had a lot of faith. And I remember going to Florida with them and Moon and I are in the van and Rudy's driving, Coach Rudy's driving and I'm in the passenger seat, but I'm turning around and we have the light on and we're studying. This kid didn't stop. I don't, and it was that aha moment, all of a sudden it clicked but working with this kid and being able to see him be successful and finally make his dream come true has been um amazing and i cannot wait to see where he goes and austin jones is probably my other favorite so but that's only because he still asks me for help on his essays and he goes to stanford and so that makes me feel super special so but he's just that kid is another makes me want to be a better person and work harder because at you know 16 17 18 years old he's getting up driving from Antioch to Bishop O'Dow in Oakland and then going to school three AP classes his senior year grinding never never missed a beat never faltered 4.25 GPA the entire time and it just as awe-inspiring to me to see when somebody wants something what they'll do to go and get it and I, I like those stories and I want him to come back and tell that story to those kids who think I can't do this or hard work doesn't pay off so and how does it make you feel because athletics or athletics in school sometimes school kind of gets pushed aside because they see a five-star athlete they think that you know athletics is just going to make him push them further than at, or ac academics well sorry how does it make you feel knowing that you're helping these kids and what truly is probably more important helping them further their careers i think it's helping them see the reality behind what sports will offer them if they make it all the way average nfl player only plays for three years so um that's not a lot. And most of them go bankrupt within the first two years of, you know, them getting out of the NFL. And so I use those stories because I want them to see like sports should just be an avenue for you. I, 
I remember telling boss when he left for UCLA, I said, if you don't, if you don't graduate before you go into the draft, I said, I'm going to hunt you down and I'm going to break your knees and then you can't play. So, um, but just, you know, when you're, when you have somebody paying for your education, finish it because to go back after you stopped. And I know this very well, cause I did it, um, is so hard and they're paying for you to get it done. And that extra year is only going to make you better. And so like Najee Harris, that was probably, oh, that just made my heart so happy to hear that he had chosen to be that example for so many other kids that education is first. That this year, I mean, he's, he's killing it. So it's only going to add to what he's going to bring to the table when he goes to the NFL. And there's no doubt that he's going. So and, and he's going to have an education he can fall back on. Sure, yeah, and he's looking like he's going to win the Heisman too. I'd, I'd put some. I would love to do that. Put some money on him doing that. But go back into your story a little bit. You said you went to school, kind of stopped a little bit, then went and back. What did you study, and then what made you go back in the end? Um, so I was at the University of Utah, um, and I was a linguistics major, um, studied language, studying languages or how languages are used, um, and. I got diagnosed with depression and it was probably one of the most difficult times of my life. And I remember calling my dad one night and he lived in Colorado and I said, I don't know if I can do this dad. And he said, I think you should come home. And so it was the end of my junior year and my grades were, I was, I've always been a stellar student and this was very indicative of something going on in my life because my grades were not what they normally were. Um, and I went home. And I got the best treatment I could have possibly gotten, therapy, got some medication. Um, and then I just worked and I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do. Um, and then my mom, after a year of living in Denver, my mom called me and asked me if I'd move out to California and live with her for a while. Um, and I jumped on it because a girl from Wyoming to live in California is like a dream. Um, we all dream of it. We all dream of the beaches. San Francisco was not what I expected, but because, um, you know, it's really cold in San Francisco. So, but um, I just fell in love with it here and I kind of found my place here and I can't imagine leaving. So. And you've powered through all of that. And I know you bragged about a lot of people, but now brag about yourself for a second. How are you able to get through all of that and become successful and do what you've done today? Um, my daughters. So when I found, um, it took me a really long time to get pregnant with our, my oldest and we suffered three miscarriages prior to getting pregnant with her. So when I actually got pregnant and it, and it stuck, um, I knew right then and there that she needed a parent, at least one of us to have an education because my grandparents and my mom, that that was their number one like go get your education like regardless of anything else i don't care if you get your education in you know crocheting just go get your education um i knew i needed to so when she was six weeks old i went back to school um i'd stayed at home with her during the day and i'd go to school at night um and my mom was amazing and helping out and making sure that i could go to school at night um, a lot of all-nighters, um, a lot of, a lot of tears, <laughs> but 
when I get to see my kids be successful and my kids being my students, um, and I graduated when my daughter was two um, with my bachelor's, I went back to school and got my master's in education and my credential. So that took another year and a half um, of school. And eventually I wanna go back and get my PhD in, I'm not sure what yet, but um, probably when my youngest is like in school, in school, but I now have two jobs. It's just, they make me wanna be better. And if I can show them that it's possible and I can make something of all of this, then I will be very happy, so. And then leading up to all of what you've done, you're now a teacher at Jesse Bethel. How did that opportunity come about and how much do you love doing that job now? Um, so um, in right after COVID hit in April, my mom, sorry, was diagnosed with terminal breast cancer. Um, and I was super blessed because COVID had hit. So I got to move up to Sassoon um, and be here every single day with my mom. Um, I got to teach from home so I could be with her. Um, and my siblings and I, we got to go with her on one last trip. Um, and when I got back, I had been searching for a job because I didn't really want to do the commute to Pittsburgh anymore. I mean, that's not a fun commute, especially Highway 4. Um, so I had just started to look um, and Jesse Bethel had popped up and I applied, um, not knowing that I knew people there already, um, but I did. Um, and uh, my mom had passed away on the 29th and my interview with them was on the 30th and it was less than 10 hours after she had passed away and I don't remember the interview at all, but I truly believe it was her because I love working for the school and the kids are amazing. They're resilient, especially what's going on in Vallejo right now. Um, with the gang violence that has become, I think they have surpassed the murder rate from 1999. Um, and I had one of my kids the other day in class, he asked another kid, hey, I didn't see you at so-and-so's funeral, what's up? And the, the kid goes, dude, I'm so sick of going to funerals. And they're still showing up to class. You know, and I've had, um, I work with Relique Brown and he just lost his best friend. Um, it was a car crash, but you know, these kids are still showing up to school. They're still showing up to workouts. They're still being, and th that motivates me. Um, I had a, a student last year at Pittsburgh who lost her, her dad. And two days after she lost her dad, she was back at school. And she didn't miss a beat. And because she knew that's what her dad wanted. And it just gave me like, when, as I'm going through this with my mom, like it just gave me courage. And I think I learned more from them and my student athletes about being motivated and being and working hard and not letting life get you down because I can't imagine going through what half of these high school students go through every day. And I'm so glad we didn't have social media when I was in high school. So I'm so glad because who knows, but they deal with way more than we could ever imagine. So sorry, I have three dogs. All good. Yeah. 
but so how much are you so you're, you're talking about some of these stories of what kids have overcome and how strong they are how much are you just kind of sharing some of their stories to help push other kids when they're going through a tough time and don't really know what to do I think I use more of my stories to help them through a tough time other than kids' stories. If I have a kid whose story I think needs to be told, I ask them to come to my classroom. So I've had a lot of kids come back and talk to the other students and talk about how, you know, they wish they would have tried harder in high school or, you know, they wish they would have not done this or um, what are some things that they can expect when they go to college. Um, because I think a lot of student athletes think that once they go to college, it's just going to be all fun and games and they get to play football, but little do they know that they're up at 4.30 every morning, they're doing workouts, going to class, doing more workouts, having mandatory tutoring, eating dinner, having curfew, and going to bed. Like, it's not all it's cracked up to be. It's hard work. Um, and I think that that's one of the things I, Manny, Coach Manny from VCS was saying it today during tutoring. He was saying, you know, don't think that it's not going to be hard. Just because you got the offer, you still have to keep the offer. Like it doesn't just, you know, just because you have it doesn't mean you can't keep it. So, yep. I usually use more of my stories though to kind of guide them. So. And how fun is it to, I know we've kind of touched on this before, but just seeing these grow, these guys blossom and these athletes blossom into, as you see them grow into men and women. Uh, it is probably the thing that keeps me going because it's a hard, it's so hard. This is, I don't think people realize, especially with COVID and, and distance learning, how much time and effort I have to put into and teachers in general, educators in general have to put into their work now. I, I feel like I work 10 times harder than I did when I was in the classroom because my, I don't require my students to turn on their cameras. Um, but when they're, when they make it, that's, I mean, that's all the payment I can ask for. We don't make a lot of money. We work really, really hard. I was just talking to a friend the other day. I, he was like, I don't even have a, a bachelor's degree and he makes six figures working as a sheriff for the county. And I'm like, I have student loan debt. I have a master's degree and my paycheck is like a third of yours. There is something wrong with this picture, but I don't. And then he's like, so why do you do it? He's like, you could make more. And I said, look at what I get to do. Like I get to hang out with kids all day long and we get to talk about literature and grammar, which is like my favorite and write essays, which I love even more. And I'm sure they hate it, but you know, it's a dream job. And then I get to go and hang out with student athletes and watch football all the time. So um, it's truly a dream. And the, the kids are what make it. It's one of those things that if you're doing something you love, you never work a day in your life. Yep. I remember, you know, before I became a teacher there, or be, even CYC was really, I mean, I couldn't have ever asked for a better job to really get me started than CYC working for a nonprofit. Um, and it really emulated my eventual dream, what I really hope to, to make happen and hopefully in the near future. But um, having 
those experiences to lead up to here? Yeah, absolutely. And then let's get into some questions we've kind of asked everybody now. Hopefully we get the best answer out of you here now, but what is your favorite ever home cooked meal? My mom's chili. Really? Yeah. She, and that was one of the best things she could have ever done before she passed away. She put together a cookbook for all of us of all of our favorite things that she used to make. And that I know I will never be able to replicate it because she just would throw stuff in and it just become, became amazing. And she'd make this amazing cornbread. And then the next morning she would make corn, cornbread mush. And I can't even tell you how to make it, but when you're living in Wyoming and it's like negative 30 and the wind chill factor is negative 45, um, that cornmeal mush is amazing. So. That sounds really good. I actually just had chili last night, so. I miss it. Yeah. Chili sounds good. I kind of craving a kind of a colder day with chili. That actually sounds really good right now. And it's getting so cold and I love it. You know what, Greg, Greg, I don't want to hear you complain about weather out here ever, ever again when she's talking about that Wyoming, that Wyoming cold. I would. So, it's, and I miss it. Is that weird? That is weird. I, 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 wouldn't you know, I don't know if that's actually that weird because there's something about just every once in a while a cold day and you're just inside doing nothing, watching football or whatever it is. And that first snowfall when like, and you wake up and nothing has touched it. Yes. And it's just so pretty. I can deal without the wind. The wind that we had this weekend, it killed my gazebo. That was so, like, I'm living in Wyoming now. That's okay. I, uh, what, it was like 40, 50 degrees. This um, morning? That's last Saturday. And I could barely survive then. So yeah, the, you, you, the got, like, you got into my car going to Sacramento and you were not doing so well. <laughs> that's sad. You would not survive. We can barely survive the weather here right now. Yeah, that's why I moved to Arizona. Air Force, and he just he said the same thing. He was like, he's he posted on the Snapchat. He's like, no, I need to go home. He's like, this is no. He's like, fourteen degrees. What is this? I'm like, no. That's why I will eventually be in Arizona or Texas where it's not cold. Yeah, I can't. No, nope. I can't do the heat. It gets, dude, it gets hot in those places. I don't, I don't know if you understand what that's like for months on end, and it's 114. And, and it's humid. My dad lives in Houston. It's so humid. It, it's gross humid. It's not even nice humid. It's gross. I would still take that any day over negative 30. Hurricanes. That's true. That, well, that's, Arizona doesn't have hurricanes. I can just true. survive the monsoons and, and whatnot. Yeah. Yeah, you could. Good point. All right, and then the next question that we have is who are some of your favorite athletes of all time? Okay, so right now my favorite is um, Lindsey from the Broncos, the running back out of Colorado. Um, his story is just inspiring. And then for Davis to unretire his jersey number um, for him just – really kind of did it for me. Um, so he's my favorite right now. Um, growing, my grandpa and I actually watched TJ Ward from the time he was at De La Salle um, through Oregon to the Broncos. Um, and he has been probably one of my all-time favorites. John Elway, obviously, Peyton Manning. Um, I'm a huge Bronco fan. I know, 
Um, I'm a huge Bronco fan. It's in my blood. Um, but Alex Smith as well. He was um, the quarterback at Utah when I was there. Um, and I, I, he just has an amazing character. And then to see what he has endured again and overcome has been awe-inspiring. So, and then I have to give huge shout outs to Marcia Tafarel um, and Cece Diamore, who are two brilliant World Cup female soccer players and Olympic players from Brazil who are, have forged the way for women to become equal in the soccer arena. When they were growing up, it was illegal for females to play soccer. They used to play with doll heads, Cece especially. Um, and it's, they just inspire me every day to be better human and to make sure that you speak up when you see things that aren't necessarily right. I think all of those are good stories. That one, Alex Smith, almost losing part of his body and then coming back and appearing in an NFL game, I guess, earlier this month. I don't know if I've ever really seen something quite like that, besides maybe a Sean Livingston and those stories are so rare. Yeah, very rare. But that's why they are where they're at, right? Because they persevere. And I think that that's something that student athletes, I wish they saw more of instead of just the clout that comes with being you know, a success. Yeah, the E60 that they did on Alex Smith, I just watched that the other day again, and just insane what he went through, and for him to be back on the field is so incredible, yeah. and like you said, so inspiring. Yep. It really is, and then a kind of a three-parter right here, one of the last ones we got for you, favorite book, favorite movie, and favorite TV show of all time. Uh, favorite book would be The Giver by Lois Lowry. Um, I read it, I read it almost every year because um, I almost get something from it every time I read it. Um, but I read it for the first time in fifth grade and it was the very first book I could not put down. Like I literally read it in a day um, and I think it really inspired me. I hate, I'm the worst English teacher, I hate analyzing literature. I don't really care why Nathaniel Hawthorne had a scarlet S instead of, or a scarlet A instead of a black A, I don't, I can't ask him. So, but um, it was, it really gave me a very deep understanding of how language can be used to create pictures and to create a deep feeling inside of you that I don't think you get from movies or from, from newspapers. I think there's something just different about literature. And th like, that's what I hope to instill in my students is that books don't have to be boring. Like there's always gonna be something out there for you. And they actually, because online teaching is so different and I'm still so new to Jesse Bethel, I let my students pick a lot of the stuff that we're reading this year. Um, and it's been amazing to see them actually, Miss T, I actually read the chapter and it was good. And I'm like, yes, when? They're like, it was really funny. I was like, I know. We just got done reading Born a Crime by Trevor Noah. And if you haven't read it, do, because he uses his comedic voice to shine light on apartheid and a lot of the stuff I never even knew about. So it was really cool to see our kids at Jesse Bethel read that and actually get into it and have those discussions about apartheid and how a lot of that is very reflective to what's going on in our country today. So. And then the next one is your favorite movie. Movie. 
Shawshank Redemption. So yeah. has been since I was a little kid. Um, the line get busy living or get busy dying will always stick in my head. So and hope is a good thing. Maybe the best of things and no good thing ever dies. So. Okay. Okay. I like and that. Favorite TV show of all time. I don't even know the last time I watched TV. Um, <laughs> friends, probably. And just because of the family, that would be like on Thursday nights on NBC at seven o'clock, we'd all sit down and watch Friends. So. And that's yeah. a classic. You can't go wrong with that one either. No. And there's something about Joey. How you doing? <laughs> well, I see that gift all the time and it still gets me going every single time I see that thing. Yep. <laughs> that and Chandler being really awkward too, I think is a really right? thing to watch. I, right? I don't know. I just, I, I like that. And I love Phoebe. Phoebe's probably my favorite though. And her songs. Yes. yes. I like how she's very authentic with herself and she doesn't really care what everybody else thinks. Which is good. No. Yeah. That's, that's what it should be. I think that's the, the dream for everybody. I think everybody would like to not care. Right. <laughs> well, so, well yeah. easier said than done. Right. Yeah. I think that's one of the hardest things to eventually do is to just not care what other people think about what you're doing. Yep. And, and I think you know, a lot of it for high schoolers is that's the hardest part about being in high school because you want to be accepted and you want to belong. And that causes you sometimes to make poor decisions. And I see it with my student athletes all the time that, you know, they just want to be accepted. And so they go along with the crowd. And those are the toughest conversations to have with those kids because Football players, athletes in general, student athletes are usually leaders among their peers. And when they do something, other people tend to follow. And, you know, so trying to make sure that they have that, they know that, that that's the expectation. And that's one of the reasons I love working with KT and BT and VCS so much because they have high expectations. We have a goal of a 3.5 GPA for every single student. At VCS today, our average was 3.5. And I don't think their grades have ever been that good. Only one kid on the entire team at this point has below a 3.0. And um, we're working on it. He's at a 2.78. So we're, we are so close. And I have no doubt, you know, that we're going to get him there. So it's amazing to see them grow like that. And just in such a short period. That's a very impressive number. Um, that's the definition of a student athlete right there. Academics are so important too. And you're yep. really emphasizing that with what you do and the places you work. Well, I, I appreciate being able to do it. Like I'm so grateful for the coaches that have given me the opportunity to be this person and to grow and for people believing in me like Cheryl and BT and Manny and Pat and Kate and Nate, all of them, like their faith in me is incredible and it's inspiring to me and I will work so hard for those kids to make sure that we can get them all the opportunities that they have so awesome. and hopefully one day be able to just open up my own center so I can help all of the student athletes so yes 100% yep yeah we'll see that probably sooner rather than later but Cassie it was a pleasure having you on like Thanks I, for having me, guys. The podcast, the academic and athletic extraordinaire. Thank you so much for Cassie for coming on. Be sure to follow all of her work and what she does with all of these organizations and schools. Be sure to follow our work 
on social media at West Coast Preps underscore on YouTube. Subscribe to our page. Check out all of our podcasts and check out all of our work at westcoastpreps.com.